0: We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger free pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger,
1: fresh for everyone. $35 order
0: minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability.
1: It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, X-Zone at x TV.com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Our guests this hour, ExoNation, are Becky and Will Guidason. They are are also owners and with Tucson Ghost Company. Uh, Their Facebook page is at Tucson Ghost Company. And um, let me see. Becky, I believe, submits a monthly article for Tucson Happenings called Arizona Paranormal. And they are also the authors of an upcoming book. Haunted Tucson, which is doing stores on or around the middle of October 2019. Becky and Will, welcome to the Zone. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey guys, how did you, uh, first of all, how, how did you get into the world of ghost uh, tours and uh, ghost hauntings? And how paranormal is Arizona?
3: Well, I can explain the... Uh... How we got into it, basically, Becky was really into the paranormal, but didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. So she was watching that show Ghost Hunters, and she looked at me and goes, um, so do you believe in ghosts? "Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Kind of. I've had my own experience when I was younger. Right. So she decided she wanted to go start doing ghost tours. Don't look into doing ghost tours. So she went down to her sister city, Bisbee, mm-hmm. and took one. And then she comes back up, and about a week later, she calls me up while I'm at work, and she goes, how would you, would you feel about owning a ghost tour company? So the simple answer was, will it make you happy? And she said yes, so I said, go ahead and buy it.
2: Wow. <laughs> and Becky, what kind of research did you do into the ghost tour business before buying it?
0: Absolutely none. <laughs> I did a little bit Um, you know it varies from state to state of course and uh, with Arizona I knew that I would come upon um, a problem during the summer because of the fact that we hit 110 degrees and nobody wants to go out in that heat (laughs) but you know it was something I was very passionate about Mm -hmm. it was something I really wanted to do so I decided to just Throw myself into it five years ago, and here I am five years later and uh, still struggling, but (laughs) getting somewhere with it, though.
2: Um, Prior to owning the ghost company and prior to seeing uh, the uh, television series that inspired you into doing what you do today, had you, Becky, had your very own paranormal experience?
0: Yes, many. Um, I actually grew up in a haunted house in Toledo, Ohio. So I was raised in that kind of environment, Mm -hmm. and then even as an adult, I lived in a haunted apartment. So I was always around it, always sensitive to it, Uh, but I didn't talk about it because I was told a couple times that I was, you know, a little crazy for believing that stuff.
2: Let me ask you this. you, You seem to have had a lot of paranormal experiences. You lived in a haunted house in... In Ohio and then you lived in a haunted apartment. Is it possible that you were the conduit and the reason why these places were haunted? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean because of your ability to sense these things.
0: Um, I don't think it was me in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in plenty of other places where no activity ever okay. happened. Uh, but I, I do believe the fact that I'm a little bit more sensitive to it is probably the reason why the places that I have gone that are haunted, so to say, can get a little bit more active.
2: I see. And, and Will, what was your paranormal experience like that that you kind of said, well, you know what? Ghost tour business may not be bad. After all, I've had my own experiences. What kind of experiences have you had, Will?
3: Well, the only experience I had when I was younger was mm. I saw an apparition when I was in the boy Scouts. Right. And it was pretty cool at the time. And then since then it's kind of, hasn't had the same meaning cause I haven't quite, I've never seen that again. But as far as getting into the ghost company business, that right. was, um, more supporting my wife than anything else because of the fact that she, most of her life apparently has been doubted about what she's seen or done. And her fascination with it is just beyond belief about what she believes in and Mm. how much she believes in this.
2: Well, I I think it's wonderful that you supported your wife that way. Uh, My hat is off to you.
3: Well, I mean, most of this is all because of her. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much just the guy that keeps her happy and funding it and uh, (laughs) – helping her out with it throughout all the stages that it's gone through. Right. And, you know, even, like even the book is, that's all her.
2: So, yeah, but you're the inspiration. You're the, you're the, uh, you're the man behind the curtain, so to speak.
3: For the, most of it, I have
2: been. Um, yeah. Up until
3: recently, I've actually stepped up and started taking more of a role in it.
2: Becky, um, let me ask you, let me ask you this, Becky. Um, why, <laughs> why do you think Ghost, the ghost tour industry is, is booming at this time in our sociological development.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really taken off. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. we have TV shows to thank for that, even though they can also get in the way, so sure. to say. Uh, but, you know, definitely it's become more mainstream. And because of the fact that it's become more mainstream, more people are more willing to talk about it and try to experience it.
2: Here's a question for either one of you. Um, why is it that, let's say there's 20 people on a ghost tour, maybe half will have an experience, the other half won't, and yet both halves are together?
3: Um, one of the things I've found out is there's the people that don't believe are the mm-hmm. ones that tune it out. Okay. Um, and the ones that do try to open have opened themselves up to being able to have those experiences um, it's not uncommon to find somebody that's never had an experience in their whole life but then when you ask if they believe in ghosts they're like mm, i do but not really
2: yeah belief is the strongest power in the universe if you believe it it will happen and uh, i really think that this is the One of the key points within the paranormal community that is sometimes forgotten that, you know, uh, people who haven't had experiences, they take these ghost tours. And just because they aren't open to anything happening, nothing does happen. And yet those who believe or have had previous experiences will have experiences on that walk. How long? uh, So what age would you say is the prime age of your of your tour business, Becky? Oh, gosh, it
0: actually varies. I mean, we've had people as young as, you know, eight years old wanting to do these tours and as old as, you know, 70. We've done birthday parties for teenagers. We've done birthday parties for someone. I think her her 65th birthday, I think it was, was celebrated on our tour. So, I mean, it, it doesn't have an age limit. You know, there's so many people that are just into it and want to experience it.
2: has has technology kept up with the demands of the paranormal investigator?
3: I honestly think it hindered it.
2: Why why Um, is that?
3: Well, the reason being is too many people go out and they buy all this new stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to use it properly. Right. And they're so apt to call something paranormal that... They're not taking into all the man-made considerations that set these, this equipment
2: off.
0: All right, like having a K-2 near a refrigerator and, oh, my refrigerator's haunted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure the um, uh, the microwave, the wiring in a house, and there are other considerations okay. to be taken, and, and I'm sure you guys do this in your baseline readings. When you go yep. out to do an investigation, we're going to talk more about this on the other side of the break. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. And exonation, Nation, our guests this hour are Will and Becky uh, Guideson, and they are in Tucson, Arizona. They're the owners of Tucson Ghost Company, LLC. Their websites are www.tucsonghosttour.com and www.tucsonhappenings.com. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell and we'll be going back to Tucson, Arizona on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. And on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxonradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net.
1: Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simo TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simo TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
2: welcome back one and all. We're talking about Tucson, Arizona, the paranormal side of it. Our guests this hour are Becky and Will Guideson, And their websites are TucsonGhostTour.com and TucsonHappenings.com. All right, Becky, since you're the ghost expert on this uh, on this panel tonight, how haunted is Tucson?
0: Oh, very much. We have several different haunted buildings here. Uh mm-hmm downtown alone that's where the walking tour goes and i mean we take a two-hour tour and we still don't even hit every haunted building in downtown uh downtown is probably one of the hot spots but there's other hot spots too throughout tucson but yeah we are very haunted and unfortunately very overlooked so i'm hoping to change that
2: where are some of the locations where you take your tour
0: Well, we started at La Mm Cucina, and that's actually where I have my ghost hunt experience, too. Uh, La Cucina is actually, it's a restaurant and, you know, some local shops, and it was part of the original Presidio Wall here in Tucson, so that's where some of the, you know, first settlers of Tucson stayed, uh, and that was built back in 1775. Wow. And uh, they have probably about 10 different spirits there that we're aware of. Uh, So very haunted, very interactive. And then we have, you know, like Borderlands Brewery downtown and uh, the old Access 12 uh, Tucson building and Hotel Congress and the train station. And I mean, there's just a ton of locations in downtown that are haunted.
2: Why do you think some places are haunted, Will, and others aren't?
0: Uh, I don't think
3: it's necessarily that they're not haunted. Okay. It's just nobody's ever claimed to have activity. Because um, you know, if you're a spirit, you're free to go wherever you want. True. And Tucson has numerous tunnels underneath it that used to exist, mm-hmm. and some people have claimed that that's like the passageway for the paranormal to come and go as they please. Um, and we haven't even been in. Most of the buildings downtown because they don't want to either acknowledge that they're haunted or they just don't want to know.
2: Becky, why is it that... Now, this is something universal. It's not a thing that I'm saying is unique to Tucson. Why is it that most drinking establishments are where you're going to find ghosts?
0: Because you're drinking with the spirits, and it's called spirits for a reason. (laughs) Um, You know... I don't know why that is. Maybe Mm. because of the fact that, you know, the bars have more of a tendency for um, violent behavior sometimes, which will cause, you know, some of those imprints there Mm. and some of the uh, not so nice things. (laughs) I know of a lot of bars in Tucson that, you know, they've had fights, they've had people unfortunately killed in them. So that could be one of the reasons.
2: Could it also be that alcohol allows the person to drop their guard and allows them to freely or more freely see things that they would not see if they were sober because of their belief system?
0: It could, but you know, in all reality, Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think that it's really the, I mean, alcohol will make you do all kinds of weird things, but... Whenever I've actually investigated a bar, it's not the people who have been drinking that have actually had these experiences. It's the employees.
2: Hmm. It, would that be mean, or could that be because the the ghosts or the spirits have formed a relationship unbeknownst to the staff?
0: It could be. Yeah, because if spirits get familiar with you, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be more likely to interact with you. I know that's the case with La Cocina. We tend to get experiences there because we go there so much and they know us.
2: Why do some spirits stay on this side of the veil while other spirits go to the light?
3: That's a question we'd love to know the answer to.
0: There's theories, and I think some of the theories are that they chose to stay here uh, for many reasons, maybe, you know, like the unfinished business, Uh, family that they want to look after, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things like that. Um, Unfortunately, that's not something that is proven yet, and we don't have a for-sure answer.
2: This question is for each of you. What has been your most memorable paranormal experience? Let's start with ladies first, Becky.
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I would have to actually say that the very first investigation that I did, it was at an old bar that was closed down and then it turned into a haunted attraction and we had so much happen there where we could actually hear footsteps walking up to us and I got touched many Mm -hmm. of times my hair played with and from that location I actually had a ghost follow me for like six months straight he was like my best buddy Mm. all of a sudden I don't know why but He was constantly there and constantly around me. And we would go to other locations, and we would hear his voice. He had a, you know, specific, you know, tone to his voice. Right. And we started noticing that he was at, like, every location. And that's how we found out that he was following me around.
2: Let me ask you Uh, this. Let me ask you this before we get to uh, Will's experience. How can something that's not seen apparently has no mass yet can make foots uh, make, you know, you can hear them walking and they can actually touch and interact with you on some physical plane. How do we explain that?
0: I don't know if we actually can, but I know it's possible. Okay. Um, you know, and we have to keep in mind that if they can, you know, actually be able to be seen from mm-hmm. time to time, they have to be able to, you know, be able to do other things to that so you know cause those footsteps or you know reach out to touch you or things like that and I think it's just a matter of how much energy they you know are able to get to be able to do those things
2: and will what was your what is your most unforgettable paranormal experience
3: it would have to be my very first one
2: can you share that with and us it was uh
3: when I was probably about eight Mm-hmm. Seven or eight, we were doing a Order of the Arrow for Boy Scouts. Okay. Uh, me and two of my buddies decided to uh, go take off into the desert so we could talk, because part of the Order of the Arrow was you weren't allowed to talk for 24 hours. So, needless to say, we kind of cheated on that. But uh, while we were out running around in the desert, we stopped and looked up at this uh, on top of this hill, and we actually saw a glowing apparition of a Indian on horseback. (laughs) And if I was the only one that saw it, I would have Mm -hmm. thought I was going crazy, but my two buddies had also seen it. And when we stopped to talk about it and then looked back, it was gone. So that's the one thing that caused me to believe that spirits are real. Right. But I've never seen that intensity of a spirit ever since.
2: How hard or how difficult is it for both of you to interact with a child who's a spirit or a ghost?
0: Actually, I think very easy for me.
2: Okay, why is that, dear?
0: Uh, I think because of the fact that we're parents and we have four daughters ourselves. Right. And it seems like the children's spirits kind of tend to come to me. Uh, maybe it's because I'm that mother figure, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, but I know several times I've had children spirits interact with me. In fact, I've had one at Birdcage Theater that sat on my lap, and she played with some stuff in my uh, like pouch that I was wearing, and she actually lifted the zipper on my pouch.
2: How did you feel at that moment when you realized, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you had... Someone invisible sitting on your lap that was able to manipulate a zipper on the pouch that you were carrying.
0: I, I was thrilled, actually. I was kind of shocked, too, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just happened to look down. My lap was freezing cold. It was right. definitely t- temperature difference. And my, you know, co-investigator, you know, she could feel the difference, too. And so I'm just looking down in my lap, and when I see the zipper moving, I, like, threw my hands up in the air, and I pointed down, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And I was actually really excited about it because it was confirmation of something that, you know, I had a feeling was going on. You know, it was confirmation that, yes, this little girl's in my lap, and I was thrilled. I was so happy to know that.
2: And how long did the little girl stay with you once you discovered she was actually there?
0: Well, I think she stayed, you know, for a few minutes. Okay. And, you know, then she did what, you know, she wanted to do. And, you know, she didn't follow me home. I have had little girls follow me home, though. Um, but that one in particular did not.
2: All right, Becky and Will, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour for our network feeds. And explanation. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Becky and Will Guidason, their websites are com. That's www.TucsonGhostTour.com and www.TucsonHappenings.com. One more time, that's www.TucsonHappenings.com. And uh, Becky, Will, and I will return on the other side of this break. As we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can get the latest edition of the X Chronicles newspaper online with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. We've been publishing the newspaper every month since January 1990. And if you'd like to get the printed version, they're available on Amazon.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and you're watching us around the world on Simul TV on the Zone TV Channel. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. Power. Power.
1: You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is. But you can have it today, right now. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
2: Back everyone Becky and will guide us in our special guest this hour and uh, not only are they the two people behind uh, the owners of uh, ghost uh, I'm sorry Tucson ghost uh, company but they're also the founders and lead investigators of the Tucson Ghost Society their websites are Tucson ghost tour com and Tucson happenings.com um, when when you guys go out and do an investigation how do you how do you approach it? what do you do prior to sending yourselves and your team into a full-fledged paranormal investigation? how do you validate the claims being made by the residents of the house or the business
3: uh first we actually do research on the people and the place just about, just to make sure there's nothing wrong with what's going on with the situation, whether the person's got mental issues or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, that
0: we're not going into a criminal's home.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing we want to make sure is, is the that people, our team's safe. Yeah. We want our, our people that are going in to be safe in the environment. Um, the residence is usually, or business is usually, history is looked up. Make sure to look for anything that's violent that's happened or if there's been murders or...
0: Or just deaths in general
3: deaths in general, or what kind of history has taken place on that piece of land itself or around it,
0: and then when the team actually does go in to investigate, we actually do go in as skeptics. We actually go in looking to debunk what's going on before calling anything paranormal
2: and what what happens or what is the the tipping point where you and your team decide, you know what, the claims being made by the resident of this home or the owners of this business are justified that there is, in fact, paranormal activity here. When we can't debunk.
0: (laughs) We'll try, you know, everything Mm -hmm. possible to recreate, you know, to do whatever it is, because of the fact, especially when it comes to private residents, we don't want to freak them out if they're already freaking out. So we want to be 100% Percent, sure, on our end that okay, yeah, there is something going on here, uh, so we're not you know making things worse for that.
3: And, and not everything that we can't explain, we're gonna call paranormal. It's got to be without a shadow of a doubt, something is happening. Not, well, we can't explain this, mm-hmm. so you're haunted. We won't do that.
0: We spend a couple weeks in evidence review, going over all the visual, all the audio. You know, things like that before we come to, you know, a conclusion of yes or no, this is happening. Uh, one thing we do, and only Will and I will pretty much know, is the claims of the residents. Uh, we could send our team in kind of blind when it comes for that. Right. Because of the fact that if they experience something that the client does, they don't know that that's what the client was experiencing. So it's kind of like a backup to the client's claim.
2: Out of, let's say, 100 uh, investigations that are that are brought to your attention, what would be the percentage of investigations out of that 100 that would actually be investigated and come out with the conclusion of paranormal activity? Uh, I don't know,
0: probably about 50-50. We've been on a lot of cases mm-hmm. that we've been able to you know, tell them it's, you know, shadowing because of mirrors and it's a high EMF that's causing you to be, you know, feeling like you're being watched. Um, But then we've come across, you know, cases to where we've had things that we can't explain and we've had very clear voices that we can't explain. So, you know, I would definitely say probably about a 50-50.
2: What is the common thread, if any, between the residents and the business people who call you
0: i think businesses are more of a curiosity they're Mm -hmm. like you know this has been going on we've had all kinds of employees let us know what you think uh residentials are more i think they're freaking out more and they're wanting to know what's in their home and uh you definitely get more residents calling up saying that it's something negative and they feel like it's something negative right. over businesses saying that.
2: Is the fact that the residents are calling you up saying that they believe that whatever is happening in their home is negative, is this is this type of paranormal investigation on the rise?
0: I think due to TV, yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, we've also noticed that a lot of people blame problems in their relationship Mm -hmm. or their help on paranormal. paranormal and a lot of them lately it seems a lot more have been claiming that it's destroying their life it's tearing their families apart and in most cases it's really not it's just one person saying oh this isn't real and somebody in the household that believes in it going yes it is and they're basically just arguing about that and They can't get past that point. So then it becomes evil or negative.
2: Gotcha. When you go to do your investigations, what kind of equipment do you bring, Becky?
0: Oh, gosh. We got so many different things. We have um, an eight-camera DVR system that Mm -hmm. we can use. Of course, your normal k twos, ghost meters. A spirit box, which is a little bit harder to use here in Tucson because of all the radio stations. Uh, but when we go out of town, we have the spirit box. Uh, let's see. We have a laser grid. We have a connect. We have REM pods. We have um, a trigger object that we call Boo, which is like a REM pod, but he's you know the little stuffed dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, a flare. We have a flare.
3: Uh. <laughs> we, we basically try and cover all aspects of what, is out there, but when it, what it all really boils down to is the recorders,
2: right? Yeah. Now, the, this DVR get- system you have—is this the kind that we would see in an alarm company that would have the uh, eight cameras connected to a central DVR system with a monitor that you can basically switch camera to camera to camera? Yes. Okay. All right.
3: And we and you could also view them all at the same time. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. What has been the most astounding evidence that you and your team have been able to document, uh, Becky, during an investigation?
0: Visual, I would say we caught a shadow behind me. Uh, That was, I think, one of the most major visual thing we've ever caught is the shadow. And we spent, Will and I went over it like, I don't know, like three hours trying to debunk it. Mm -hmm. We looked at all of the other camera situations to see where everybody was, you know, situated and, you know, making sure that when people got up to leave the room, their shadow didn't cast here and there. And we spent forever trying to debunk it and we couldn't, I mean, this shadow literally just appears, yes, looks like over my shoulder and then like disappears down a hallway it's just it's amazing
2: but once again how do we explain the rationale behind how a shadow can be generated if there's no one there blocking the light source in order to create the shadow
0: i think it's just again it depends on you know what type of energy they have at that point in time it's like mm-hmm. it's like trying to explain how Apparitions up here, you know. We just the only thing that we can theorize is the energy, and I think it's just the different, you know, types of energy that causes these things to be able to take place.
2: Well, speaking about the energy uh, during the time of this of this uh, shadow figure being photographed by whoever was doing the camera, whether it was a fixed camera or, or whatever, what did the other instruments? In the immediate area show, how about the EMF reader? What was it showing? What about the thermometer? What was it showing?
0: You know, in all reality, uh, what was going on was the DVR uh, camera was faced towards me. Mm -hmm. And my equipment was on the table. I see. And me being sensitive, I tend to get off balance and dizzy when something's near me. Hmm. uh the k2 was function uh was going off here and there um but for the most part i was feeling very dizzy at this point in time when that shadow was behind me but i didn't really realize why at that point in time
2: well why do you think there are, there's more negativity in uh, the reports of paranormal that we're seeing across the board these days
0: TV yeah <laughs> <laughs> The TV programs put it off as being negative. We've been to some of these places, and we're not going to name names Mm -hmm. of things, but we've been to some of these places that have been investigated by TV shows that claim to have negativity, and there truly is not negativity. It's not negative. Uh, A ghost that likes to play pranks is all of a sudden negative or evil. Um, A grumpy old man ghost is suddenly Negative and demonic. They're not. They're they're just their personality.
3: I also believe it has to deal with how you interact with them. If you go up to somebody on the street and you start yelling in their face, and you're going exactly. you to get negativity. start pushing them around. The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get smug.
2: <laughs> All and right, if you go-
0: treat a spirit the same way. There you go.
2: <laughs> Doing to others. All right, my friends. Please stand by. We have to take our final break for this hour. XO Nation. Becky and Will guide us and our guests here at the two websites, www.TucsonGhostTour.com and www.TucsonHappenings.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, and then on the weekend for the best of starting at 7 uh, 7 p.m. going right to 3 a.m. Don't go away.
1: Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today.
2: Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. So, Nation, Becky and Will guide us in our special guest this hour. They're the owners of Tucson Ghost Company. And uh, they, have, they have a book coming out October of next year. It's entitled Haunted Tucson. And uh, if you'd like more information about Will and Becky, if you'd like to find out what they're up to, how you can take their tours when you visit Tucson, two websites, TucsonGhostTours.com and TucsonHappenings.com. First of all, Will and Becky, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, for sharing these wonderful adventures with us. And uh, and I wish you the best of luck in the in the, uh, in the upcoming years. Oh,
3: thank you. Thank you
2: very much. Um, let's talk about what you guys have coming up because, you know, next month is Halloween, and I'm sure that's a very busy time for you.
0: Yes, it's an insane time for us, but it's actually already started. Wow. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so what else do you have uh that's going to be happening
0: well besides our regular you know ghost tours mm-hmm. which is you know the walking tour tucson ghost tour the ghost haunt, tucson ghost experience um we also have a driving tour uh tucson haunts that it, it, it's kind of on the slow side because will and i have to give that tour and we just have not had time to give that tour lately uh but we have a ton of special events coming up we're just participating in the National uh, Largest Ghost Hunt on September 29th. Uh, we're doing that out at Arcadia Ranch in Oracle, and we're selling tickets for people to come out um, to broadcast with us and then ghost hunt afterwards.
3: Mm-hmm. With, pro- with proceeds going to the Arcadia Ranch.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that starts on, you know, September 29th, and that basically starts all of our events. On October 13th, we're doing something we've never done before. We're taking a van uh, full of people out to Gleason, Arizona, and we're having, you know, a Gleason native talk about the history, and uh, we're taking people around to see the old jail, the old school, the old hospital, and arming them with, you know, paranormal equipment Mm -hmm. and uh, letting them ghost hunt out there. Well,
2: what what Uh, what is so special about Gleason?
0: Gleason is just basically an old mining town that, I mean, there's still people that live there, but you blink and you miss the town. It's not really anything major anymore. Yeah, it's literally
3: it's one like road. It's like a
0: ghost town, pretty much. Yeah, it's like well, one road. <laughs>
2: that's a good place to go, uh, you know, looking for ghosts in a ghost town.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah but it, it's got history. It's been around since probably... Just before the nineteen hundred,
0: you know, it it was booming at one point in time because mm-hmm. of the fact that it was a mining town. The mines are, you know, right there. Uh, but yeah, basically, once you know they stopped mining, the town just kind of went with it. And plus, they had a fire that basically burnt down the whole town. Yeah,
2: well, that'll yeah. do it. Why do you think that? Let me let me phrase this right. Why do you think that certain municipalities or certain towns really go in for the paranormal aspect in their history and others want nothing to do with it.
3: I would have to say with like Gleason, mm-hmm. at this stage in life or this era that we're in, it's draws people in and right. it gets you to not only do the ghost hunt, but actually see the history of what used to be. Right. Um, because that's one of the things we do is not only do we like want you to know about the haunts, but we also mm-hmm. want you to know the history of where you're investigating and what it was once like at one point in time.
0: And I think a lot of these old towns that are basically the ghost towns, they realize that right now there's that market for, you know, the paranormal and that's going to bring the people into the town. And so they have, you know no issues promoting that. It's, it's um, a source just, of
2: revenue. It's a source of revenue yeah. in the tourism industry as well as in the food and beverage industry. Right. Gotcha. With all the groups that are out there each and every night ghost hunting, investigating, trying to document, I've been doing this show for 29 years now. And I don't know how many ghost Operators. I've talked tour operators. I've talked to different, uh, different uh, paranormal investigative groups. I, I think last count there were over sixteen or seventeen thousand different ghost companies or ghost researchers, research organizations in the United States alone. With right. all of these people out there, and let's say each one has 10 people, so that brings it up to about, what, 160,000 people all looking for something each and every night. How come it hasn't been found to the point where it's there's unequivocal proof that there is life beyond death and that ghosts are real?
0: We'd all be out of the job.
2: <laughs> okay, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that.
3: Um, I, I think it's more that, that you got people that they just constantly want to have that interaction Mm -hmm. and then you have people that just don't want to believe at all. Right. So it, you're walking down a line where you're going to have people that believe and people that don't, and you're never going to satisfy either side.
0: Yeah. You could get solid evidence and you're still going to have that one person that says, nope, it was fake or nope, that's not real.
2: Speaking about evidence, do, do all the different uh, ghost researchers uh, share evidence that they find, or is, is, it, is it held close in order to try and get that smoking gun?
3: Um, that's going to actually vary if it's our residential cases mm-hmm. we keep those private. Um, we do not allow any of that out, and even our businesses, if they don't want it being known then we don't
2: let that out. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, it, I, wasn't talking about releasing it to the public, but, but the, the evidence that each group collects. You know, do the, do you guys exchange the EVPs? Do you exchange video footage? Do you exchange photographs? Oh yeah. Oh, but, you do. Yeah,
0: with, within our team for sure. Within other teams around us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if people want to collaborate, do things like that. We're more than open. You know, we will totally, you know, discuss things. Uh, but we've noticed a lot of teams that don't want to do that, unfortunately, in our area. Right. And, um, so we're not going to openly go to another team and say, Hey, here's, you Hmm. know, what we found and have them be like, okay, now it's, you know, ours and we're not talking to you anymore or something. Um, but you know, we're more than willing to, uh, you know, collaborate with other people. When we went back East, we met some really awesome teams back East that were, you know, very into that para unity and come on in, you know, do this with us. And, you know, we love that and we would love to do the same out here, but we need to find the teams that are willing to do that with us.
2: How many different groups are there in, in Tucson, Arizona that go out and do paranormal investigations like you guys do?
0: You know, I don't think there's a group like ours in particular, but I do know that there's other paranormal groups, and I couldn't even tell you how many because they come and go so fast. In the five years we've been doing mm-hmm. this, I've seen at least four to five groups, you know, get together and then disappear. Uh, so it just varies.
2: We've got about a minute and a half left before I have to say so long. What are your final thoughts about the paranormal, about ghosts that you'd like to share with the Exxon Nation tonight?
0: That they're real. <laughs> <laughs> I know that won't convince anyone, but, you know, it, it's not evil. I, I guess that's one thing I really have to put out there is so many people look at this as being evil, yeah. and I just, it's not.
2: So when you're out there doing your investigations, do you ever feel threatened? or that you or a member of your team are, are in danger?
0: I don't think we've ever really truly felt that way.
2: No, I haven't caught across crossed
3: anything that would put anybody in that situation. Uh,
2: I, I've heard of uh, some investigators taunting spirits, yelling at them, cursing at them, to try and get a reaction. What is your opinion of that tactic?
0: We don't do that.
3: Nah, that's If you want to I mean it that boils down to bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not very respectful to anybody whether they're they're passed on or alive. Yeah. Exactly. Treat
0: the spirits just like you would treat another human being. And I know this world nowadays that's not saying much, but you want to treat people with respect and kindness and love. And that's how you want to treat the other side.
2: What is your number one rule when it comes to paranormal investigations that you would like to share with the listeners?
0: To definitely try to debunk first. Don't go in calling everything a ghost mm-hmm. because you're not helping this field at all.
2: Will, how about you uh, You um, give us your websites one more time?
3: It's uh, www.tucsonghosttours.com. Mm-hmm. Ghosttours. Or ghosttours.com. Yeah. And then <laughs> www. TucsonHappenings.com and on that one you'd actually look for the, para- the paranormal. Arizona, paranormal. Yeah, Arizona Paranormal that would be Becky's article that she writes
2: okay great well guys I want to thank you once again for joining us tonight um, continued success and I look forward to the next time that we meet talking about how haunted Tucson is and uh, your exploits as re- paranormal researchers right.
0: well, thank you
2: you guys take care of each other you too. All right. Bye-bye. Now, Exxon Nation, our guests this hour have been Becky and Will Guidason. Their websites are com and com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. For those of you who are listening to us on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, ZOENFM. And, of course, on Simul Radio and Simul TV. My name is Rob McConnell. We don't want you to go away. We want you to stick around. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer... Exon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell visit www.exoneradiotv.com or www.xzontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net.